0: Amen. Amen. Why don't you touch five people before you sit down and say to them, I'm built to last. It's good to be here tonight. I want to honor our pastors, Pastor Harley and Natalie, for the opportunity to share the word tonight. It's always a privilege, always a privilege to get to share the Word of God tonight. Let's thank the already gone. Let's thank the singers and musicians. They always do a great job. Amen. Amen. You know, the Bible says that our God is all-knowing. So, God knows where you're at tonight. Our God is all-powerful. He can fix anything tonight. And the Bible says he's omnipresent, which means he's right here, right now. So, let's engage with God. Amen? Amen? Amen. I want us to open our Bibles to Matthew chapter 7. And I'll read from verses... 24 to 27. Matthew 7, 24 to 27. It says, Therefore, whoever hears the sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain descended and the floods came. And the winds blew and beat on that house, and it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. But everyone who hears the sayings of mine and does not do them, I will liken him to a foolish man who built his house on sand, and the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it fell and great was its fall. Father, I thank you for your word tonight. I pray, Lord, that in the name of Jesus, you will back up your word tonight. Lord God, open our eyes to see you, our ears to hear you, Lord God, and our hearts to comprehend you tonight. Let your name be glorified. Let Jesus Christ be lifted up. Let no one live here the same tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You're all looking very serious. <laughs> I think I better tell a funny story. <laughs> That's good. I've got no funny stories, but you've got to laugh. Now, if you think this is a nice shirt I'm wearing, can you just wave at me? <laughs> Thank you very much. That's the majority. <laughs> Pastor Natalie actually told me that I'm looking sharp tonight, so <laughs> I thought I'd point that out. But the reality is that I got this shirt before I got married. And I've been married for 13 years. So it's a miracle that I can even fit into this shirt. (laughs) It's a miracle. But um, it's good quality. And it was made to last. That's why I have it after 13 years. Good quality. You know, in some cultures, appearances are everything, you know, especially in my kind of culture. You walk into a room and, you know, they do a head to toe assessment, <laughs> like literally do a head to toe assessment. And if you're not dressed properly, nobody looks at you. You know, a friend of mine came, went to visit Nigeria last, sometime last year, and he came back. He had an appointment to meet with a friend in an office. So he went. You know, the appointment was booked, you know, time and everything. So he went to keep the appointment. And casually, he's been Australianized. So he went to this office with a shirt, a T-shirt, and a pair of jeans. And in Nigeria... Most of those offices, they have gates, security men at the gates. This guy did not go past the security gate <laughs> because he was casually dressed. He tried to explain, I have an appointment, this guy's my friend. He's expecting me the security guy wouldn't listen to him. He went back home and changed. He changed into a traditional attire, very expensive, and came back to the same office. The security man didn't even look at him. Opened the doors. No questions asked. And he went in. And sometimes. We look good. And we try to look good. And we dress up to look good. But. Appearances shouldn't be everything. Sometimes the way we look commands an air of respect and confidence. But our confidence should never be based on the peripherals of life. Our confidence should never be based on the externals. Our confidence should never be based on titles, what we wear, the cars we drive, where we live, our qualifications, and all sorts of things. Our qualifications, I mean our confidence should always Always be based on our core, on the internals. Our confidence should be based on the fact that we have Jesus Christ as our Lord and our Savior. Amen? Our confidence should be on the fact that we are in Him because the reality is everything else will pass away. Everything else. Will gradually lose its value and significance. What the Bible says in Hebrews 7, 8, that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. So, our confidence should be based on the fact that Jesus Christ is in our lives. And I want to Just quickly sneak in a little disclaimer right there, you know. If you're single and you're searching, you need to look good. You need to look, come on. If you agree with me. So don't go and quote me or misquote me. I've just told you that. If you're single and you're searching, you need to look good. Because... Because unless the person is super spiritual, like Dorian or Leon, there's no way the person is going to know your heart. So you've got to attract the person first, and then find out if their core is established or not. Amen? Amen. Appearances is not everything. I don't think God, you know, you know sometimes this looking good and appearances things. sometimes, you know, it, it, it's, it's, it's a revelation of deeper things. Sometimes we want to look good to cover up deeper things. Sometimes it's just insecurity. It's not all the time, but sometimes it is. But you see, God, Has never been in the business of pleasing anyone. I mean, when he sent Jesus into the world, Jesus could have arrived in pomp and pageantry. He could have been born in a palace, but Jesus was born in a manger. When King Herod wanted to kill Jesus, he told Mary and Joseph, take the boy and run. He could have sent angels. To guard the boy, but he didn't. Take the boy and run. God is not in the business of impressing anyone. God looks at the heart. 1 Samuel 16, verse 7 is a story of um, Samuel going to anoint David as king. And the first person he saw was the firstborn, Eliab. And God told him that the Lord, and the Lord said to Samuel, Don't judge by his appearance or height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not see things the way you see them. People judge by outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. Amen? Now, let's bring up that scripture once again. Matthew chapter 7, 24 to 27. That was an introduction. Now, I'm going to begin to preach. It says, therefore, whoever hears the sayings of mine... And those them I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on a rock, and the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. But everyone who hears the sayings of mine, verse 26, and does not do them, I will liken him to a foolish man who built his house on sand. And when the rains descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house, it fell. And great was its fall. I want to bring up a few photos of uh, when a king tide hit Sydney last year. And this is what happened. There's another photo there. what happened and these are beachfront homes. Now, I'm not, you know, criticizing the I Foundation. It was a king tide once, you know, in a lifetime event or probably not once in a lifetime, but it's a very rare occurrence. You know, but you see, the title of this message is Built to Last. I was going to call it House on the Rock because the Bible says, you know, the house was built on the rock but i decided to use built to last because i thought that was more contemporary <laughs> you know one thing that has happened recently in the in the in the sydney housing boom is the fact that you get to see a lot of construction happening in sydney you know a lot of single dwelling houses have become du- been built into duplexes and Multiple single dwellings have been, you know, all bought and high rises are jumping up everywhere. And, you know, the common thing with all these houses is the fact that they've got to have a foundation. Every house has to have a foundation. Every house has to be built on a foundation. And the bigger the house, the larger the size of the house, the stronger the foundation needs to be. Now, in this passage, I'm just going to focus on on the first uh, two verses, 24 and 25. And you know, there are a lot of things I want to bring out a few similarities. There are two persons or two types of persons involved here, and um, they've got some similarities among them. One of them is the fact that they were both hearers of the word, and and the second thing is that they were both builders, and the third thing is that. They were both exposed to exactly the same weather conditions or circumstances or weather events. But the only difference is one is a hearer of the word only, and the other is a hearer and a doer. Last year, our pastor Hartley preached a message on forgiveness, and I know a guy who, who heard that message and went home and sent text messages to everyone he felt he had offended or he was keeping a grudge against, and, you know, ask for forgiveness. That is being a hearer and a doer of the word, you know? And um, and, and, um, I'm going to use another hypothetical example, if you don't mind. I'm going to use Dorian. It's hypothetical. This is not a true story, all right? Dorian works. Rose works. Rose is on holiday. She comes back home. I mean, she's, Rose is on holiday. She's at home. Dorian comes from work, expects dinner to be ready. And then on his way home, he drives past McDonald's and Hungry Jack's and Pizza Hut. And, but the reality is that every time Rose is not working, dinner is always ready. So he expects dinner to be ready. Hypothetical, not true story. All right. So he gets home, looks in the fridge, and the food is not there. And then he goes, hey, honey, what's happening? There's no food in the fridge. Rose has been to church. And when she was in the church in the morning, Pastor Nats preached on Proverbs 115, and he says a soft answer turns away wrath, but harsh words stirs up anger. And so, um, you know, Dorian goes, hi honey, oh, there's some food in the fridge, what happened? And she goes, I'm your wife for goodness sake, I'm not your slave. (laughs) And I know Rose would not do that. But, you know, She would have said, Oh, I'm so sorry, honey. It's you know, I've been very tired, I've been so busy with the kids. No pressure. But it's all good. So that is being a hearer and a doer of the word. Just a quick example, by the way. Now, I want to zoom in on those two verses. Now, the heart, the house that is being built is you. The Bible says you. Are the temple of the Holy Spirit. So the house that is being built is you. The rain that descended, the floods that came, the winds that blew against the house are natural events. If there was no rain or storm, no gale wind force, or no gale force wind, we may never know the importance of a solid foundation. But the adverse weather conditions revealed the strength and integrity of the foundation. So the winds and the rains and the storms are indicative of trials and temptation we go through in life. And that's why Paul says, fight the good fight of faith. Sometimes life is a struggle. Christians are not immune to Christians are not immune to adverse situations or adverse circumstances. Christians can face persecutions and trials, but we've got to fight. We've got to stand true. Fight is a struggle. Sometimes it's not easy, but you've got to hang in there until the the struggle passes by. Ephesians 6, says, therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be, able to withstand the evil day and have it done all to stand. Christians do go through trials. Job went through trials. You may know the story of Job. But he lost everything in one day. You know, God severely sick. But he did recover and he gained everything back. The disciples of Jesus, but one. Of all the disciples of Jesus, all of them were killed except John the beloved, the guy that wrote the book of Revelation. Everyone, either beheaded, stabbed, crucified. Peter asked to be crucified upside down. Everyone goes through trials. Sometimes it's sickness. It's a disease. Sometimes it may not directly affect you. It might be something that affects a loved one. Uh, About this time last year, I think 9th of January, to be precise, my wife and I went on a trip, a day trip to, to Brisbane, and we had lunch with some friends and Breakfast with some friends, and one of those friends we had lunch with did not make it through 2016. And she was a medical doctor and she was young. She died at the age of 38. And these things do happen. Difficult times do happen, but we've got to stand through them. Sometimes it's the a relationship breakdown. We've got to stand through them. Christians face trials. But well, I like what it says in verse 20, he says, and it says, and it did not fall. Trials are not meant to break us down. So I'm going to pray that in 2017, when tough times come, you will not crash in the mighty name of Jesus. You will not fall, you will not be overwhelmed. You will not be discouraged. You may not. You will not be disgruntled. In 2017, when trial comes, you will be victorious in Jesus' name. No weapon formed against you shall prosper, and you will be a, you will be an overcomer. The storms were never meant to destroy us, but rather help us to be stronger and better. I remember uh, Pastor Harley shares this once in a while that you know when. Before we purchased this building, it, you know, it was a difficult time. And, and you know, we're we'll always praying. Pastor Harley would pray with Pastor Brett, you know. And we got to a point where we started to look for other buildings, you know, to move out. But eventually, and, and, and the point is, Pastor Harley and Pastor Phil were in a meeting one day. And Pastor Phil goes, "It's going to work out. It's going to work out. And he's able to say that because when Oxford Falls, before Oxford Falls was built, they went through hell, battles upon battles. He says, receive phone calls at night, and hear funny voices on the phone. We're making sacrifices. That church is not going to be built and stuff. So he's been through all that. And, you know, going through this one, his experiences, is he's like, it's going to work out. It's going to work out. And sometimes when we go through difficult situations, it's not meant to break us. All things work together for good, the Bible says. And sometimes the experiences we get from those situations, when somebody else is going through the exact same situation, we can tell that person, it's going to work out. It's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. Isaiah 43 verse 3 says, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the river, it will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. Now, and the flames will not set you ablaze. Now, this is the core of the message. The reason why that house did not fall, the Bible says, for it was founded on the rock. The other one fell because it was built on a sand this one was founded on the rock. Now the rock here is the rock of ages. The rock is Jesus Christ. The rock is the same rock that Moses spoke to in the wilderness that brought forth water. This rock is the revelation of God that you have. Remember when When Jesus told his disciples, who do you say that I am? And Peter says, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And what did God say to him? And Jesus answered him and said, blessed are you, Simon by Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against this. The rock, it's your revelation of God. The rock is the word of God. John 1 -1 says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. So in order to ensure that our foundation is solid, and can withstand difficult situations and difficult times, and stresses and strains, and financial difficulties and relationship difficulties. I've, I've got to read the word. If I want my foundation to be solid, I've got to know what the word says. I've got to study the word. I've got to love the word. I've got to meditate on the word. And when it is appropriate, I've got to regurgitate the word. I've got to be able to speak the word. Speak the word into my situation. Speak the word into my circumstances. Speak the word whenever troubles come. Speak the word. When I'm going through a tough time, I have to remember that weeping. the Bible says that Weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. I've got to remember what the Bible says that once I was young, but now I'm old. I've never seen the righteous forsaken or his seed begging bread. I've got to understand that when difficult times come, difficult times do not last, but tough people do last. When sickness comes, I've got to understand that the Bible says by his stripes, I'm healed. When I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me, thy rod and a staff, they comfort me. I've got to be able to speak the word, speak the word into my situation. And we know that everything works together. Everything works together for good. For those who who love God and are called according to his promises. The Bible says, if God be for us, who can be against us? And once upon a time, Romans 8.32 was a favorite, verse, a favorite verse of mine. And it says, if God did not spare his own son, if God did not spare his own son, will he not also along with him give you all things? If God gave you his best, what else can he not give to you? Romans 8.38 says, I'm convinced that nothing, can I have the band come up, please, that nothing can ever separate us from God's love, neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today nor our worries for tomorrow, nor even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. We've got to know the word. We've got to know the word. That's the strength of our foundation. The word, the revelation of God. We can't have a revelation without interacting with God. We can't have a revelation of the word without studying the Bible. We can't have a revelation without meditating on the word. We need the word. We need the word in our lives. I just tell you a quick story. I have or oh, I had a few stories to tell but because of time I better just tell you my story. As a young man in high school I was one of those you could call gifted. I was a national television in a quiz competition called Young Brains. (laughs) That was a long, long time ago. I don't know if I'm still that smart. Went through uni, first degree, second degree, got a good job, worked for a finance company, first job. Second job was a consultancy. And a consultancy in Nigeria, you've got to have connections. These guys had connections. I mean, we're having, having, I was right now in my mid-20s. So in my mid-20s, I was, uh, we had this project which had to do with customs and excise tariffs. I mean, we had to meet with director generals of customs, director generals of industries, people from the budget office. Even had to lies with World Bank, for goodness sake. You don't know how much influence the World Bank has on third world countries. I had to meet with chief executives of multinationals all over the country. Because when you're dealing with customs and excise tariffs, you don't want competition to come in. Goods that will compete with the things you manufacture, you don't want them in the country. So you want the tariffs to be high. Well, at the same time, you want to help your local industries to survive. So in my mid 20s, I was doing all this before I migrated to Australia. After consultancy, I went into banking for a short period of time. And then, you know, the job was glamorous. It was nice, chauffeur driven all over the country, came into Australia. And the job that I started to do was not as glamorous as it used to be but I've always been a Christian this could have broken me but it did not break me I've always been a Christian the foundation needs to be solid the Word of God needs to be solid so in a few minutes I'm gonna ask you to respond to this message about a minute or two I'm going to ask you to respond to this message and the summary of what I've spoken tonight is mainly two things the first is Christians undergo persecution and the second is your foundation needs to be solid amen can I have every head bowed and every eye closed So, if you're here tonight, the journey starts. We lay in a solid.